0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Three Star Lounge. This week, we are continuing with Grieffall. Fall. It's been a while since we've done a little Grieffall. Fall. If you need a refresher, a link to the previous episode is down in the description below. But continuing on, we are going to con- look for the smugglers and find out what is going on with that, as well as confront the ambassadors of both the Bridge Alliance and Teleme. See how this all shakes out this week on the Three Star Lounge. Desardé couldn't believe what he was hearing. People smugglers hearing serene. But before he could truly soak in the information he just received, a thought came to mind. Why is it that a cardinal knows of this and what their involvement may be? This could now just be paranoia stemming from his business with the bridge alliance, or maybe it was intuition. Either way, he could only truly find out by talking to the captured smuggler and convincing him to give up his cargo. Snapping back to reality, Desardi tells Vasco he needs to talk to the smuggler before attempting to move past the knot captain He was stopped before he could step away. I can't let you just walk in there. Only knots are allowed in that area and I can't be seen bending the rules for a man who's never even stepped foot on a ship. De Sardé began to protest, talking of how he nearly died rescuing his cabin boy. A stretch of the truth for sure, but it seemed to sway Vasco, if only slightly. It was clear to the diplomat that Vasco was unmoved on this, but then the hamster wheel in his head kicked in the overdrive, giving me Sarde an idea for compromise. What if I go in disguise, Desarde asked, giving Vasco cause to raise an eyebrow. Go on. If you supply me with a knot uniform, I could simply walk in, interrogate my query, and be out of there leaving your reputation intact. Desardé was proud of that one and the smirk on his face said so. Then Vasco laughed, that may get you in the door, but in close quarters where your faces can be better seen, no knot would confuse you for one of our number. The scheme was dead in the water until Desardé noticed all the empty wine bottles in a crate outside with the knots regarding the prisoner. Do the men that guard your prisoner's drink on watch? Aye, every night. The men on guard share a bottle or two to pass the time. After all, men in locked cages are often very good at staying put. Then the hamster was off, giving Desarte another idea. He told Vasco he would still take that uniform before turning to Kurt and telling him to get changed and that he would be back in half an hour. Kurt didn't get a chance to ask why before Desarte was darting down the street headed towards the medicine shop. Kurt had just gotten the not uniform on when Desardé returned to the docks with three bottles of wine. A bit annoyed, Kurt asked, do you want to tell me what's going on and why you have me masquerading as a pirate? With a laugh, Desardé replied, they're not pirates, at least I don't think so, but you will see why soon enough. Just deliver these two bottles to the men guarding the smuggler and don't look suspicious. Tell them Vasco wanted you to give it to them. Kurt took the bottles. Easy enough, he said as he turned to walk away. Oh, and one more thing, Desardes said hastily. No matter what, don't drink it, before grabbing the other knot uniform and walking away. Kurt sidled up to the two knots at their post in front of the hole, naturally and without looking suspicious in any way, calmly said to them, strongest wine and serene. The men looked Kurt up and down, from the captain. One of the knots stood up and approached Kurt, I ain't never seen you before, his partner agreeing. But then again, we're usually too drunk to remember much on this dredge of an assignment. Glad the captain is noticing our good work. The knot says with a and laugh before taking the bottles from Kurt. The two knots look at their prizes without so much as a thought cracked open the bottles. They each took a big swig before entering the holding shack to share with their comrades. One stopped to ask Kurt if he wanted to join, but Kurt turned him down, saying that he would watch the door. The knot asked him what kind of knot won't share a drink with his buddies. Narrowing his eyes, Kurt preparing to make a hasty retreat when he heard the voice of the calling out, "There you are! You forgot the third bottle the captain sent for us." Directing his attention toward the knot, "You head inside. The two of us will watch the door." Clanking two bottles together and taking a big drink, the knot seemed to understand what was happening. "I see you are already situated. See you two on the ship before heading in with the fellow knots." The two impostors stood outside listening to the men on the other side of the door. Kurt asked what they were doing and Desardé simply said, waiting, extending his arm and offering Kurt the bottle. Kurt looked worried, but Desardé assured him it was just water. If it was only water, why didn't you just tell me? Because only this one is water. Confused, Kurt asked, what was in the other bottles then? It was then all the noise stopped from the other side of the door. The duo stepped inside to see each of the Knots fast asleep on the floor, leaving them free to talk with their captive. It was a middle-aged man, clearly a seasoned smuggler, sitting in an empty storehouse turned makeshift holding prison. What do you want? The man said angrily. What I want is to know where the people you are smuggling can be found, Desarte said pulling up a seat near his cell. The smuggler stood there silently. A true professional. How lovely. Question, are you truly willing to be captive of the noughts for these people? Nasadi the raises his hand to Kurt catching an incoming pair of keys. After all, some say noughts possess many magical abilities as masters of the sea. He begins toying with the keys. Just imagine the things they could do to you. The smuggler remains silent, but this time his confidence has melted away. Well, Kurt, it seems we would just have to find them ourselves before standing up and heading out. Wait, the smuggler yells. If ye promises to free me, I'll tell you where I hid him. Nasarde smiles. You have my word. The smuggler tells them he stashed him in a hideaway on the harbor, and as promised, was free from his cell. This is cause for celebration. After all, a man just regained his freedom, Nisarde says, railing his bottle. Aye, true words. The smuggler says before grabbing a bottle off the sleeping knot and taking a huge pull from the bottle. After the celebratory drink, the smuggler tried to make his way out of the room before collapsing halfway, fast asleep, just like his knot jailers. Desarder and Kurt carried the man back to his cell before locking the man again and leaving as if they were never there. Did you really have to lie to him like that? Kurt asks as they headed towards the smuggler's stash spot. With a chuckle, Desarder remarks, Come on, Kurt, I didn't lie. I did let him free, I just never said how long. Plus we couldn't just release him, the knots are ferrying us to tear for D. It'd be best not going around releasing their prisoners. We're here. The two arrive at a long abandoned shipping warehouse on the harbor. Entering the building it was as if no one had been in this place for years, smuggler or otherwise. Kurzweil was beginning to get angry. The damn smuggler lied to us, kicking and breaking a nearby chair. Relaxed. if you were smuggling out of this building, you would want it to look as unused as possible, would you not? Let's keep searching. The two head up the stairs and were greeted by more of the same, but now with a few locked doors. Just as angry as before, Kurt yells, see, empty, the man that was a liar and a criminal. Lost in thought, Desardes speaks softly to himself as Kurt attempts to open many locked doors on the second floor. There's got to be more to this. This building looks a lot bigger on the outside, like a lot. Desardé yells at the Kurt, maybe there's another way up in one of these. Kurt crashes through a locked door, revealing the stairs. The pair draw their weapons before climbing the stairs to see what lies above. There they see a man and woman, cleanly dressed, unarmed and afraid. Shocked, the woman asks, are you here to deliver us from this place? Putting away the weapon, Desardé replies, no. "'Your smuggler has been arrested and gave me your whereabouts.' "'Traitor!' the man exclaims. The woman begins to plead, "'Then have you come in the name of the Inquisition? "'Please, sir, have mercy on our soul, "'for we are not heretics or criminals, "'merely historians.' "'Intrigued, start inquires. "'Then why is the Inquisition after you, "'and why are you hiding? "'I was told personally by the Cardinal of Toledo "'to turn you in. "'Why would he care about your work "'if it was purely historical?' She says firmly, they don't want us to publish our work. It's true, the man interjects. We presented our findings and you see their reaction. So we fled, the woman continues. We fled here in hopes that the Inquisition would leave us be to continue our work, but the Inquisition follows us still. So our plan now is to make our way to outside. The bridge of lines should be apathetic to our work. Kurt chuckles, fleeing to the enemies of your pursuers. A wise plan, assuming they don't catch you and try you as spies. A risk we are willing to take in order to avoid the stake, she says defiantly. Desardé smiles. I admire your resolve, but what could have been so extreme as to warrant all of this? What exactly were you researching? The man steps forward. We were studying the teachings of St. Lucius. Shocked, Desardé interjected. The disciple of St. Matthias that traveled alongside him until returning to Tileme? That's the one. With the discovery of Tirifidi, we thought it important to study the original text, because while it may have been excellently preserved, we feel as though his writings were never properly studied. The man begins to pace. We search the text to find if the island of Tirifidi may have been the faraway land St. Lucia spoke of, the Eden of St. Matthias. And this means what? Wouldn't Tileme approve of such confirmation? Desarte asks, inviting the pair to elaborate. The man gestures to his partner as she begins to speak. It is our belief that the land written about in the text is the very lineland of Tirfiddi. However, the information we found in the text is a bit different than what we expected to find. Walking forward, she continues. In the original text, Lucius wrote nothing of an Eden, but of a voice which convinced St. Matthias to stay. It says there, clear as the sky is blue, the voice originated from the earth. The text can sometimes be difficult to interpret, but what is written is written, and there is no doubt that it was handwritten by Lucius himself. Sarde was stunned. I can certainly see how this could cause a stir within Teleme. These would seem not the power of a saint, but that of a demon. Kurt spoke up. Did you consider speaking with the censor, renouncing your findings and never speaking of the text? We have already signed documentation of that very nature. In addition, we offer to declare having never read the text in the first place, but it's no use. It would seem our lives are the only suitable payment," the man says somberly. Continuing, he asks, what are you going to do with us? Desaraday thinks for a moment, but those few seconds felt like days to the historians whose lives were now in his hands. I cannot allow you two to be executed. However, there is nothing I can do to help you aside from not taking you in now. While your smuggler may be behind bars, there are surely other in his number that can help you. You should be just fine, provided you remain discreet, and I wish you well. The two scholars are overjoyed, thanking Desardé and Kurt as they headed out the door to report back to the ambassadors. You've got a soft heart, Greenblood. I really hope it doesn't get you killed someday. But I can't say that I was exactly excited about the idea of those two burning on the pyre. With no shortage of wit, Desardé remarks, then I must not be the only one who possesses a bleeding heart. Ignoring that, Kurt asks Desarday what he will do about the ambassadors, and the answer he got was quite simple. Tell them what happened. Opening the door to the Embassy of Teleme, the Cardinal puts down his books and greets the legend in the coin guard. Do you have any news of the heretics, Lord Desarde? Desarday takes a seat across from Antonius. Unfortunately, yes. I regret to inform you that the smugglers were able to get the heretics out of the city before I could find them. Antonius was beside himself. Those dastardly fiends! How could this be? It would seem while we were trying to gain access to interrogate the smuggler captured by the knots, his associates finished the job for him. I was able to find that they were going to Al and where they had been hiding. But when Kurt and I arrived, there was nothing. With a deep sigh, Antonius began to speak. Of course they would run to those devils. I told you they were heretics, but I fear your good heart may have gotten the better of you for trusting the word of a criminal. Though it would seem they have escaped our grasp for now, by the light their day shall come. I do appreciate you looking into the matter for me. May the light guide you on your travels, Lord Desardé. The two men shook hands and Desardé was out the door once more to the embassy of the Bridge Alliance to confront Sahin. Desarde and Kurt walked in to decide Sahin working on some manner of potion. He was in the zone. Desarde wasn't even sure Sahin was aware of their arrival. Excuse me, Sahin, he shouted. Coming to a dead stop, Sahin put down his instruments and greeted them. Lord Desarde, it is good to see you again. For what do I owe the pleasure? Taking a seat, Desarde replied, I found that charlatan we spoke of earlier. Sahin's eyes widened. He takes a seat as well. Well that's perfect. What did you do with him? Have you arrested him? Dasardé leans back in his chair. As a matter of fact, I did not. He's been banished from the city. Outraged, Sahin yells. You mean you allowed him to escape? Wh- what is the meaning of this? Shooting forward in his seat, Desarde stared directly into Sahin's eyes and told him. The meaning is this. I am not a tool to be used for your vengeance. Now his reputation here is ruined and he is barred from ever returning. He was taken care of as you requested. However, if you would like to capture your rival, you must do it yourself. Sahin was furious, yelling all manner of things, but Desardé couldn't hear him from the other side of the door. He couldn't waste any more time with this. He had a ship to catch. Curt and Desardé returned to the dock ready to board. Constantine was there talking to Captain Vasco. Noticing their arrival, Vasco spoke. Well then. Are we ready to go? Desarte nods. Well, then let's board. Vasco led the men towards a fleet of ships, each more impressive than the last. They were to board the captain ship located on the far end of the line. They were making their way past the first ship, Desarte mesmerized by its size, and then. That is all we have for today join us next time when we continue with greed fall we figure out what that noise was what happened to that ship and finally step foot on tier 4d a new land of adventure and opportunity i just can't wait but in the meantime if you want to check out anything else i'm doing you can check out the three star lounge youtube channel there i do would you watch it It's a show about taking video games and making light pitches for them as movies or TV shows or what have you. Just something a little different, just something to think a little differently about these IPs. And if you're looking for something with a little less structure on Wednesdays, you can check out the Potluck Podcast where my friends and I Go over the most random things in media. You know, we got video games, movies, we had a sidekick battle royale. Right we talk about straight to DVD sequels. What makes a good sequel? What makes a bad sequel? We do it all over there. It's hilarious. It's a good time. The Pot Love Podcast, where you get what you get. And I thank you for listening to this, the Three Star Lounge Podcast. And I hope to see you on the next one. Goodbye now.